Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dan Harrison is an outfitter, uh, harrisonhunting.com. And Dan Harrison is someone who spends a lot of time taking clients down to hunt in Argentina. He also goes and takes them to New Zealand, but we'll keep that for a separate podcast. Dan Harrison is um, someone I wanted to talk to to just get the logistics of big game hunting in Argentina. This series of podcasts is all about encouraging you to go hunt. We want you to explore the magnificent hunting opportunities that this planet has to offer. And Argentina is an unsung destination when it comes to what they have to offer, specifically on the big game side. So have a listen to this podcast. If you have any questions, reach out to us, reach out to Dan, reach out to Kelly Poole. Uh, She's mentioned from Rolling Bones Outfitters. And Go hunt. Go hunt in Argentina. I can guarantee you it's going to be one of the best hunts you've ever had. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name my is... Name. Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, <laughs> you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, 
a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. So unbeknownst to you, Dan Harrison, I actually uh, heard about you, not through, not just, obviously, Kelly was very kind enough to put us in contact with one another, but uh, I heard your name on Wednesday night in From? Washington, D.C. Were you at the CSF event? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, 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 I'm peeling through the book a little bit, and I'm going, oh, look at that, look at that. And I see an antelope hunt, and it says Dan Harrison at the bottom. I was like, huh. I've, I don't mean, know many Dan Harrisons. I've only been introduced to one. And is this the same one? And lo and behold, I was sitting next to um, Francesco from Bacardi, and he says, I know Dan Harrison very well. Francesco's my buddy. Yes, sir. Small world, right? Well, very cool. I didn't know you were sitting with Francisco. I'm going to be at uh, Childress's event here on the 11th, 12th, sitting with... Yeah, I didn't know I was going to be sitting next to him either. I just was assigned a table, and I happened to sit right next awesome. to him. Good guy. Yeah, phenomenal yeah. guy. Phenomenal guy. And right now, Dan, where are you currently seated? You're, you're a, a traveling man, my friend, a traveling friend. Manitoba. Canada. And you are chasing what? We are flying into our moose camps tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Outstanding. And, and this is the moose rut, right? This yes. time of the year is the yes. moose rut? It, uh, Outstanding. For the next two weeks, we'll be out of service. <laughs> Isn't that the best Cell kind of off. place to be? Yay. Well, you couldn't even have them on if you wanted, right? Well, you can have it on. You're just going to drain your battery. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on um, is, you know, one of the things that we're, we're starting to get into is we really want to encourage essentially the hunting community to go hunt. And I think that you, of all people, will understand the reason for this. You know, America has a very steeped hunting tradition and, and it seems like in today's day and age of social media and with lots of things available to you, application services, you know, mapping tools, it seems like the interest, even though by percentage per capita of people and population size of the United States, we seem to be going down in percentage, there seems to be more and more and more interest for people to hunt. Would you agree with that statement? I, yeah, I do. Um, I think the, getting back to the roots, um, more of the natural side is what's intriguing more people to join our hunting community. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I, I think there's a there's a quest to get back more to nature. So it it is right. turning more to the outdoors. I wouldn't particularly say hunting, so but it is more to the outdoors. Well, I think I would say hunting because what you know, and again, you're in the you're in the you're in the system of tags and allotments and preference points and all that kind of stuff. And it seems to me that tags are getting fewer. Public land access is is you know there's it, it waxes and wanes. A lot of people say, well, there's a lot more people now on public land to go hunt, and then preference point creep is is certainly a reality. Oh, 
world. In pretty that, much that's every a state whole new subject when it comes right to animals, that, right? That, that preference points creep is a whole new subject, especially when it comes to my state, Colorado. Oh, absolutely. It's scary. Absolutely. And so that's why I, you know, one of the things that, and, and really the topic of our discussion today is um, really encouraging people to expand their horizons from a hunting perspective. Like, hey, I know you don't like to leave the state of Colorado to hunt, but did you know, for example, that you could hunt in a species similar to elk in Argentina and have an incredible hunt for probably a fraction of the cost it would for that it would cost you to do an elk hunt in the west that is very very true and and it's probably like you said it's probably a little bit cheaper um it is a destination that you would never you'd never imagine in in one lifetime let it go you know did you repeatedly could go down there cheaper than you can hunt mm -hmm. elk in colorado or montana by the time you figure out travel cost gas all the camping equipment that you'd need to, to get up to, to do a successful backcountry hunt. I mean, just to buy a, a backpack, it's, it's a plane ticket, basically. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just choked on my whiskey <laughs> because you're absolutely right. You're 100% right, Dan. People will spend $1,200 on a backpack or even a tent. And not even, hesitate. and that's your plane ticket down to Argentina. And not, and they won't hesitate. My last, I just got back from Argentina two weeks, two and a half weeks ago, and my ticket was thirteen hundred bucks. All right, Dan. Well, let, let, let's dive into it. Firstly and foremost, Dan Harrison, welcome to the Blood Origins podcast. I'm excited to have you on. I'm excited that you found time in your schedule. Um, I've already turned into a pumpkin, by the way, on this side of the world. I have two savages, and I'm typically asleep by 9 o'clock. So it's 9.04, and I'm drinking whiskey to keep myself awake. And I, I, I failed to grab that. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. Because I was in a hurry to get here because I just pulled into town. 20 minutes ago. <laughs> so you're one up on me on that one. And I hate you for that. Well, I'll be sure the next time, uh, the first time we get to meet each other face to face, I'll be sure to have a okay, whiskey with you're you. On. that? Well, Dan, give us a little bit of background of who you are, what you do, um, because I think that that's going to lead, lead, lend credence to what we're going to discuss today. I've been a guide and outfitter for over 30 years now i base out of colorado but um i've tailored it uh, to more of a destination style hunt um we outfit in colorado you know like i said montana archery elk in montana and moose in manitoba we've expanded to argentina we're booking some for new zealand and also south africa so let's do this. What I want to know is I want to just get in the nitty gritty of Argentina. And what we'll do is we'll keep it to Argentina yep. today. And then when you get back from Manitoba, let's have you back on. And let's talk specifically about New Zealand. Because I want to be like, let's, let's do a dedicated effort on yeah, Argentina yeah. right now. Yep. And then we'll bring you back and do New Zealand. How's Sounds that sound? Sounds perfect. 
So let's go like, I want to go step by step by step, Dan. It may be, you know, minutiae and it may be, you know, something that you're completely used to. But for someone who's listening to this, and we have a, a fairly big podcast yes. audience, you know, we want to encourage them to go hunt. And Argentina is a destination. And we're specifically, just to give everyone context here, the reason I'm focusing on Argentina and New Zealand is that they're both great hunting destinations, great hunting countries, great hunting cultures. But two, they were pretty much the last countries to come out of COVID, to be able to be like open to hunting. And New Zealand literally, wasn't it a week ago that they just announced no vaccinations, no tests, no nothing yeah, to get it was into, just, the, just into the country of New Zealand? This yeah, week, this that's week. right. I just actually, I just got the email yesterday and I forwarded it um, to my partner and because she is not vaxxed. And... I, I was like, hooray, we can go to New Zealand now. <laughs> 100%. No, no, 100%. And it's so funny, right? New Zealand has been this country that was the stalwart in terms of like everything COVID. And now it's like the most laxed country to get yeah. into. <laughs> you know, and that's what was so appealing um, with Argentina is that they dropped their VAC status. They were one of the first ones once they opened up. And so let's just talk about that okay. right away. So in our, to get to Argentina, you don't need anything right now. No, no vaccinations, no, no negative COVID nothing. tests. What about coming home, Dan? Do you need anything right to come now, home? Right now, it is zero. Um, you just walk into the airport and get on your, go to your gate and get on your plane. So there's no health requirements to be on signed in and land in Argentina. Nobody's going to say anything. As long as you, if you're traveling to and from the U.S. and you're a U.S. citizen, there's no requirements. The U.S. is still requiring vaccines for non-U.S. Um, residents. Non-U.S. Yeah. people. Non-U.S. people. Great. So if you're a U.S. citizen flying out of the United States, going to hunt in Argentina, you don't need any vax, Nothing. you don't need any COVID tests to go to Argentina and to come yes. home. So, Dan, how would someone get to Argentina? Is it really easy to get to Argentina? Like, where do people, how do they fly? How, where can they fly out of? Um, and, you know, what are ticket the, prices? The, right the major connections are Dallas, Houston, and Atlanta, and Miami. That is the, the okay. kind of the jump off ports. Um, direct flight direct down? Direct flight down. It, it's right to Buenos Aires, yes. Overnight? It is, is it a long flight? It is. Usually what they leave out at about, about 7.30 at night, 9.30 at night. Uh, depends on where you're traveling from. Uh, Houston leaves a little bit earlier. United flights, they leave, I think it's 7 o'clock. Uh, uh, American leaves at 9 and you land at 7. Yes, it is an overnight flight, um, but a very easy flight because it's... It, you know, we were talking both uh, New Zealand and Argentina. Argentina is about an hour and a half shorter flight. Mm. But you'd have no jet lag, right? Because you're essentially in the same time zone, maybe one or two, two hours, hours forward or one or two hours behind, yeah, you're right? two hours ahead when you land. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Instead of four hours. But literally, an overnight flight, you're going to sleep overnight. You're going to be you're going to be tired on the plane. You're going to land, no jet lag, really. You go, your body's going to be accustomed to, to sort of the day and night. Now, this is, like, this is a normal day when I travel to Argentina. Is I get off the plane, 
we go into town, and then, uh, hang on. Oh, somebody calling you in the hotel already. Room service. <laughs> hang on. Uh, kind of busy right now. <laughs> That's my my partner up here in Manitoba talking on the phone. Sorry. No, you're fine. I've got a great producer. He'll cut it out. Pardon? I said my producer yeah. will cut it out. Okay. Anyway. Now, you yeah, good to go? our typical day when we land in Buenos Aires, we we get off the plane, we we're able to go into town. And walk the streets. Get they have some. They have a main walking mall that is just. It's a sight to behold. Um, so you get the real it's a, flavor. It's safe. It's a safe city. You can, absolutely you feel safe comfortable city. going there, walking around. Absolutely a safe city. Um, very colorful. And are you doing that by yourself? Are you are you just hiring a cab, or you've got someone already on site that you've prearranged to pick you uh, up you and can, take you around? You know, we've done it both. Uh, to rent a car down there, you have to be pretty brave. Um, we call them uh, believers and non-believers uh, because they drive crazy. Um, they don't. I can attest. Yeah. I rented a car and drove to La Pampa Province, go. and I was. It was like they don't care; they will overtake. And if you are head on into them, you better yeah. move into the emergency yeah, yeah. lane. So you know, you know the believers and the non-believers. So. <laughs> Um, hiring a cab is very easy. Tell them the street that you want to go to. You can stay there all day, call the cab. He'll take you back. Um, we have, uh, you know, the, to get up in that La Pampa region, there's many shuttle vans that you can take up there. Uh, in the afternoon, there are direct flights to Santa Rosa. Mm -hmm. Um, they're at really, really reasonable, like a hundred dollars. 167 mm -hmm. for a round trip to, to from La Pampa or from Buenos Aires to La Pampa. Mm -hmm. Um, and then most outfitters will pick you up at the airport in La, uh, Santa Rosa. Okay, okay. And when someone's going to hunt Dan, give them a rundown. I had Ramsey Russell on the on the podcast talking about ducks in Argentina. Uh -huh. But what are the species that people are going to chase in Argentina or that they can sure, chase? Waterfowl is the, the big one. You've already covered that. Red stag, axis, blackbuck antelope, fallow. Um, there are some native species that you can hunt, but you can't export. But that doesn't mean you, you can't hunt them. Um, mm -hmm. But it's kind of like the waterfowl. Water buffalo? Oh, water, water buffalo, buffalo as yes. well? Water buffalo is another one. So Dan, when someone is going to book a hunt, um, what are they typically, in your estimation, let, let's just talk about red stag, because clearly red stag is the thing that, that you know, Argentina and New Zealand are known for. The roaring, unlike the elk season here, which is now September, you know, September is the rut essentially, and, the, and when they're bugling, red deer don't bugle, they roar. So when is the roar in Argentina for people that are interested in doing like a rut, you know, elk style type? Yeah, hunt? Argentina is basically on the same 
lat long is is New Zealand. Um, it is the same seasons, mid March, April, all the way through mid May. Is the main this, there's six week season in there that that uh, that you'll hit peak roar. And when someone goes and does a red stag hunt in Argentina, Dan, what would what are they? What are they going to typically be charged? Like, what what would be like a management? Obviously, you can go all the way up to whatever thirty five thousand dollars. Obviously, if you want like a seven hundred, you know, the, and that's the big that's the stag. biggest difference is Argentina is still on the undiscovered side. Um, you know, basic hunts run from you can get them in the five thousand dollar range, and you can get up to the fifteen to twenty thousand dollar range. It depends, and they're they're obviously higher. Um, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of free range down there that, uh, that is actually almost guaranteed that you'll, you know, the, with option, we have, we have two ranches down there that, that guarantee you opportunities on two stack free range. So talk, talk about that in terms of free range. How is that possible? Are we talking just large, large farms large, or? What are they call them down there? Estancias or something like yes, that, estantias. right? Large estancias. Yeah. Um, these are. Let's go. You know, I'll go step back a little bit. On the estate style hunts, we call them estate style. I've been to New Zealand, North Island, and I've been to the to the estates, South Africa, the estates, and they're impoundments mm-hmm. that nothing can get mm-hmm. through. Now the the mm-hmm. ranches or the estancias in Argentina, their high tensile fencing that's about six foot tall, and mm-hmm. these animals pass through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the red deer, when they ha- with the, the stags, when they have their antlers, of course they're not going to go through there. But the black buck go through there. Um, you know, any antlered animal is not going to go through there. But the hinds and the does, and you know, they they all go through back and forth through these high fence. So the, on the outskirts of these estancias, there is a large population of animals that, you know, we'll just say escape the high fence. And these, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40,000 acre uh, free range ranches or estancias, they, they hold all these, the population of stags. And like I said, this mm-hmm. one outfitter that we have, he guarantees two stags. and during your five it's actually a it's a five day hunt it's a four day half day one day half day on the end so you get five full days of hunting but he guarantees you two stacks to 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 harvest in between and that's a five thousand dollar hunt it's a sixty five hundred dollar hunt but you can't touch that in any other country for that price no for sure not for sure not so Dan, what would a typical day look like if someone was like, "Man, I'd love to understand like what a typical day of hunting is like in Argentina." Can you describe that for well, me? Well, I would. If you're going to come to Argentina, I, you need to fast for about three weeks because <laughs> when when you show up, <laughs> don't you have to get your liver ready too? Yeah, you know, but the but that Malbec wine's pretty fine. Yes, um, when you wake up in the morning, do you have a real light lunch? Um, Coffee in the morning, real light, or uh, really light breakfast, and then yep. you go out for your morning hunt. Uh, say ten o'clock, 
mid morning you come back to the to the ranch to the lodge and they put on a feast that would blow your mind and in most of these you know the spanish european type countries they from 1:30 to 2:30 it's siesta time so everybody lays down That's they just right. stop the whole the whole country stops so it's three <laughs> o'clock. It. You could you come out. You have your coffee. You have a little another little snack, and then you go out for your afternoon hunt. Um, and that's basically what your day will encompass. And when you come, and the midday lunch is you know big red meat, big steaks, is, right? Yeah, Good it red is wine, a protein overload. It is wonderful. And you know that's they are they are. I, I've been to New Zealand many, many times. I mean, I go there every year up until COVID. Um, New Zealand hospitality is off the chart. Argentina pushes them out because of the quality of really? food, the presentation. They're, the whole pride of that country is in their food. Mm. It's amazing. Mm. So what would you recommend someone who's like, wow, I've never really gone outside the country. Um, I'm intrigued. I'm interested. But again, you know, I don't know what I'm going for. What should, what would somebody typically like, what would you recommend they do? I would, I would go with the booking agent. Most booking agents have it. Why do you say that? Why would you say go with a booking agent versus going straight to the outfit? Because the booking agent. Um, covers and makes sure that everything is all the boxes are checked from A to Z mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they are the ones that are communicating with the outfitter because a lot of the outfitters are non-English speaking so there's a communication barrier so with mm-hmm. the outfitters speaking with the booking agent the booking agent can make sure that everything's lined out uh, so, you know, like, like Kelly, she knows that when her clients book, when the minute they land in Buenos Aires, they are on their way to the lodge and back to, from the lodge, back to Buenos Aires. It's all, it's all taken care of and nobody has to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. Firearms mm-hmm. are a big thing in Argentina. Um, not so. Do you take your firearms, Dan? Would that something you recommend some people doing? It, it's not a big deal. Um, when you book with Ramsey, said the first time you go, it's not a big deal, but after that, it becomes a freaking headache. It's that's what he yeah, said. Yeah, it's. I don't. I didn't experience that. Um, our, you know, I go with a gun guarantor that you have to have in Argentina. And all the difference is, is that you have to go through the consulate in the United States for your second entry instead of the consulate Mm -hmm. in Argentina, Buenos Aires. So you have to go, you have to go a a little bit more in advance because you have to go through the U.S. uh, Argentina embassy. What do you mean a little bit more in advance? It's just your you're planning, planning has to be yeah, a little bit more in advance. You have to plan a little saying, bit right? more in advance if you're going to take your take your rifle, your your hunting rifle down there. So if someone's going for the first time, though, you would recommend that if they wanted to take their gun, or do you just say, look, it's your first time, don't worry about the hassle, 
most Estancias have good guns, and you can use theirs. It's both. What would you recommend? I would recommend take your own rifle. Um, mm-hmm. It is very simple. For, like you said, on the first entry, it's very simple. You have to have a gun guarantor. The gun guarantor will meet you at customs, and he'll walk you into ANMAC, which is their military mm-hmm. or their police that uh, issues the firearm permits. That guarantor, he's there because he guarantees that that weapon from that time it arrives in country all the way to the ranch back to the airport is going to be safely handled. So it's a big responsibility on him. And that, you know, so to have that guarantee is vital. Mm-hmm. Especially one that knows and- that knows how, to, you know, the ins and outs of getting the, the, the weapons in and out of that country. Is that something that, again, just going back to, you know, why use a booking agent versus using an outfitter, does a booking agent have more of those contacts versus the outfitters themselves? Mm. Because the the booking agents want to send, they want to send people down there. The outfitters, they want to receive people, but they're they're trying to get the people to come down. You know, some of the larger lodges, Mm -hmm. I, I... I'm clumping everybody together, but some of the more, you know, more famous or more well-known lodges in, in uh, Argentina, they have all of this, the same that the booking agent would cover, but they're also, you're also going to pay the highest price. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you go with the booking agent, you can get a, 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 there is, I don't think you could find a hunt down there. That would be not a quality hunt, no matter what price you, what price you pay. Whether it be a you know the lowest one I've heard of is forty five hundred. You're still yeah. you're still going to have a quality hunt. The stay will be almost the same as one of your highest dollar hunts because, like I said, the the lodging and the food presentation that is their pride and joy. So once you yeah. out in the field, once you get back to the lodge, once you get back to the lodge, most all of your estancias are going to be the same. Some are a lot, you know, the difference between, you know, a Marriott, Doubletree, Best Western, as right. far as your stay, but your food quality is going to be the highest quality available. Yeah. No matter where you're at. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. I, you know, my trip to Argentina when I went, the food was amazing. And, and here's something else that I don't think a lot of people consider is you said that the roar is from April, you know, mid-March to mid-May. Yeah. When I went and hunted Argentina, Dan, just like you, I went late July. I did too. I went like the 20th of July. And it was amazing. And we were the lot. We were... I asked them, I said, when last did you have hunters in camp? They said six weeks ago. And that's where that's why we are trying to expand that that red stag season out because when it's a hundred degrees in the southeast and the in almost all the way across the US, it was yeah, almost you freezing. Can go down and spend the winter. We had freezing temperatures yeah. down there and it was wonderful. It was like Africa, yeah. Dan. 
to me, the La Pampa was like South Africa. The ponds were frozen. It smelled like it, the, the deep sands, the, almost like acacia trees. It was, all, And then we chased buffalo, right. which was just, you know, it was spot and stalk buffalo with open sights, 416 rigbies. It was amazing. Have you, did you, have you shot Dan, water you? buffalo in Argentina yet? I have, yeah. On a, that was, I, that's why I went down, because <laughs> my grandfather, when you get to know me, Dan, and we have a whiskey yeah. more, my grandfather immigrated from Germany to Mozambique in 1954, and he lived the heyday of Africa for essentially until revolution hit Mozambique. Oh, wow. And he shot a lot of buffalo with a 416 Rigby open sights. And so I was like, I want to do that. I want to, I want to hunt buffalo with a 416 Rigby open sights. And so I went down to Argentina to do the first one and had an absolute amazing hunt. Loved it. As I said, myself and another buddy went down and we were the only hunters in camp. And we had pretty much the, the place to ourselves and roam of the place to ourselves. And, and then I went to the Northern Territory of Australia and killed that buffalo with a 416 Rigby open right. sights. So... Loved Argentina. I want to go back. Um, and it's, as you said, there's just, you know, as you said, black buck and axis and fallow. All of those are, would you recommend, Dan, someone, would you recommend them booking like all of those things right off the front? Or is it more African style in that you're booking a red stag hunt and when you're there you're like, oh, I can shoot that and you add it on whilst you're there. What 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 would you it's, suggest? That is a fifty fifty deal because you know you could you could go down there and just book like all of the main draw and you know that you're gonna you will have an opportunity on all of those. But it is also pretty neat to just go out and walk La Pampa on these estancias and, and mm. you don't know what's going to step out. Well, isn't that the best thing about those yes. places is that you simply can go hunt. You don't know what you're hunting today. You don't know what you're going to see, but you can just go hunt. Unlike the United States where you go hunting for, like tomorrow we're going to go hunting for doves. Or in four weeks we're going to hunt for white doves. You're going hunting for moose. Yes. There it's like, let's just go hunt. Who knows what we're going to see? You know, and most of the most of the places in La Pampa or in Argentina, it's almost a hundred percent spot and stock. I'm not going to say you're not going to hunt mm -hmm. a waterhole every once in a while, but um, every hunt that I've been on, that's been a spot and stock, and it, that country is very favorable favorable for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan, would you recommend someone? You know, it's almost come back into favor, I think, in my opinion. Would you recommend someone using travel agents to do all their booking, or are they going to, like, Expedia and booking their travel and tickets and that kind of stuff? I have everybody that books with me, I have them booked to a travel agent because it's one phone call. If you have any problem, you make one phone call, They, the travel agent has better access to different flights at uh, Expedia's and and all these, you know, booking apps they can't get to. And so you call mm -hmm. a travel agent, and she takes care of all the connections. Mm -hmm. And it's one phone mm -hmm. call, and it's one and done. So I, anywhere <laughs> I go, I use a travel agent. Who is your travel agent that you use, uh, Dan? Lynn Herrick from Herrick Travel. 
or Lynn Paletti out of Herrick Travel. She's out of Long Island. Herrick Travel, the non not Long Island, yes, New sir. York. We've used uh, I've used um, Steve. He's a South African with um, shit. TWG. What does TWG stand for? Travel with guns. Travel yeah. with guns. Out of Houston, Texas, uh, or San Antonio, Texas. But you're I'm I'm you're right. You're absolutely right. Whoever, however you want to do it, especially for these kinds of bits and pieces where you're going to a foreign country, and you're not quite sure about things. You're right. The travel agent just gives you like this layer of security, which is, as you say, one phone call away, shit's hit the ceiling fan. I need to get out tomorrow. Get me out tomorrow, and they yeah. handle it. You know, it's like up here in Manitoba. Um, I have all my all my hunters booked through Lynn at at Herrick, and if anything, the, you know, weather is you know we're just like Alaska; weather can shut you down at any moment. So mm-hmm. if weather shuts us down, the float because everything we fly in float planes into into Moose Camp, we just make one phone call, and all of the hunters are taken care of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Dan, what about getting your trophies out of Argentina? Um, what all happens of there? The, all of the there the Estancias booking agents um, work with an exporter, and there's a couple of really big main ones um, that make it really, really simple. So they they take care of all of your um, trophies and make sure they're they meet all the requirements for exportation. And they deliver it to the the U.S. at your port of choice. Is that something that you're organizing before you go? Is that happening whilst you're on the hunt? Talk to somebody. Tell somebody about that that has no idea. Most of the most of the ranches or booking agents will have the exporter um, information ahead of time, so. Obviously, you won't know what the charges are until your animals are harvested. Um, they can give you average cost. Um, it is, you know, say fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars, depending on the crate size and you know what size animals you're actually taking home. Um, mm-hmm. And that covers everything from the Estancia to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dan, is there anything else that you can think of if somebody really wants to go to Argentina? Um, is there any tips of, or tricks that you're like, hey, this is why you should go? Um, this is when you should go. You know, I am. I'm saying outside the outside the roar because the the hunting pressure is that much less. The stags are still there. They might not be as, I don't know, colorful as the roar. The roar is, you know, shouldn't be missed. But Mm -hmm. you might get a discounted hunt because you're off-season. And when it's hotter Mm -hmm. hotter than blazes in the U.S., you're going to go down there and and enjoy a nice, cool morning. You know, Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. June to August. You have to get there before the, mm-hmm. the second week of August because that's when the stag and the axis antlers start yeah, dropping, and right? Fallow start dropping their antlers. But the the animal mm-hmm. quality of Argentina is 
I, 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 it's unmatched. The black buck antelope that, that can be harvested down there, they're gold medal. I mean, all the way. Mm -hmm. uh, fallow, same mm -hmm. way. Stag. The stag are maybe not as grand as New Zealand, but they're half cost. Mm -hmm. Argentina is an mm -hmm. unsung is an unsung destination. Absolutely, I hundred percent agree with you, my man. And I went down there and shot a buffalo. I didn't shoot a stag, and I really wanted to shoot a stag. And now I'm, I'm I think I'm going to. You're going to have to. A stag and a black. The buck, black buck for sure. Are, you know, like my most favorite, one of my most favorite animals in North America to hunt is the pronghorn antelope because it is so colorful, mm -hmm. so beautiful, so graceful. That black buck antelope, it's right there. Hmm. I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, listen, Dan, I know that you, uh, I really appreciate you. I know you just got into moose camp. It's 7 p.m. your time. Um, you've got a bunch of hunters coming in tomorrow. I really appreciate no your problem. time. And, you know, if anybody's interested in connecting with you about Argentina, I know you said you take groups of hunters down to Argentina. How can they get a hold of you, Dan? Um, I am on the web. I have my website, harrisonshunting.com. Kelly Poole from Rolling Bones. Um, get a hold of Kelly. She books all my Argentina hunts. Okay. Kelly Poole, Rolling Bones. And we're going to have Kelly on the podcast. Kelly and Brian are going to come oh, on the awesome. podcast. And we're going to give you know similar information around Argentina yeah. and New Zealand that we got yeah, out of here. I, but I wanted, you know, I wanted you on there because you just came back from there yeah. two weeks ago. It was awesome. Amazing. And I can't wait to go back. Did you hunt anything whilst you were there? Pardon? Were you, did you hunt at all or did you just yeah, get I, your no, plants I hunted, killed a, I, I killed a big, nice, really nice chocolate fallow. Oh, that fantastic. Was, it, was, it was a beautiful fantastic. animal. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Dan, a uh, pleasure meeting you virtually. I know you can't see yep. my face and I can't see your face, but one day uh, I look forward to shaking your hand. Um, Maybe at another CSS yes, event, CSF event, and uh, sharing whiskey. And you'll, we'll have a whiskey. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, you'll okay. be safe you. as you head into the Moose Woods. And uh, thank you so much for your time. Cheers, mate. Bye. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.